Digital Soccer Podcast. My name is Bori Oludemi, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host Sulaiman Lassisi. What's up? It's a good day. It's the second edition of the EPL trifecta, so I'm just excited to dive into the questions and thoughts that we have about the game today. Awesome. Um, so this episode is also very special. Like our last episode, uh, I'm joined by two very good friends. Um, I'm first. I'm joined by a friend, a coworker. Uh, his name is Art. Art, what is what what is up? What's going on? Doing well, I'm doing well, man. Doing well. Just doing well. Okay. All right. Yeah. The sky, that, the sky is blue. City of champions. I mean, another trophy in the case. Another trophy in the case. I'm I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy. And all right. I heard there's a Liverpool fan, so okay. <laughs> it's always good to brag. So. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, yeah. All right. And uh, for the first time in uh, fourth official soccer podcast um, history, we are international. We have a friend from. Uh, I have a high school friend from Nigeria. His name is Wale Alashe. What's up, Wale? What's going on? Hey, guys. Uh, I'm good. Yes, champions of England, but Liverpool is champions of Europe. So, oh. yeah. Okay. Throwing shade already. You know, the, the podcast hasn't started yet, and he's already throwing shade. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. Awesome. Um, I'm going to give hand it over to Simon to talk about the spot kick uh, section for today. Yeah, today's podcast. Actually, I wanted to say I'm excited about the two friends that we have in the studio and also over the phone. I was thinking about this as the top two league. You know how they say the top four and everything. There's actually a mini league, the top two, which is just City and Liverpool. And we're going to get like a snippet of how that's going to go down on the studio today. My spot kick today actually was Anup was on the studio last week and he started talking about on Monday, you mean, not last week. Wow. Correct. Anoop was in the studio on Monday, and he was talking about how Arsenal once went to the Bernabeu, and no one gave them a chance to win. So I went home, and I did some Googling, and I was like, who were they actually playing? I didn't have a chance to win. You mentioned that Sanders was playing for Arsenal. What I realized was that Madrid team had everyone you could think of. They had Zinedine Zidane, Roberto Carlos, Rahul, Hasgudi, everyone you could think of, Ronaldo. They had them on the squad, and Henri still went out there and dribbled past like six of their players and won at the ban about 1-0. So that got me thinking, in today's game, what team would you consider a Galactico or a close resemblance of a Galactico? So I'm guessing you're asking that to me. I am asking that to you. Well, a Galactico, I think the closest team right now would be uh, Juventus, actually. I, I think uh, they have... Uh, good players in every position, um, from defense to midfield. Maybe the midfield is probably their weakest point, uh, but the forward, obviously, they have Ronaldo. Um, and I, I think Juve is the only team that fits the Galactico at this moment. I see. So I, I, I took that a little further, and I was like, Galacticos actually means like a collection of stars, like the galaxies. And I realized that back then, Galacticos, you had... Zinedine Zidane, you had Ronaldo, you had Roberto Carlos, like rightful Ballon d'Or winners, people who had won and saw everything. And I thought, you know, since Kaká won the Champions League in 2007, there is only one player that's currently still playing soccer that has a Ballon d'Or. Sorry, other than Messi and Ronaldo. There's only one player. And that just, like, it magnifies the dominance that Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi have had in the game oh, yeah. in the decade since. It's, it's, it's quite incredible. Yeah, I mean, phenomenal top two players. I think we, I don't think we we'll ever see anything like this in yeah, a while. At is... least, maybe not in our in our lifetime. Um, but uh, definitely top two, Ronaldo, Messi, crazy, 
crazy. Yeah, this this is quite some time to be a fan of the game. Yeah, awesome. All right, so let's move on to our next section. Um, we're going to talk about the Community Shield. Uh, I think it's very fitting that we have a Manchester United. Oh, sorry. Ma whoa, sorry. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I think it's fitting that we have a Manchester City um, fan in the house and also a Liverpool fan in the house. So the Community Shield was on Monday uh, or Sunday. Uh, I can't remember. Sunday. But, but the Community Shield was on Sunday. Um, it was a very good game. I think the first half, uh, uh, City dominated, second half, the opposite. Liverpool dominated and then went to penalties. Um, Art, I, can you just give us a quick, you know, a quick reaction to the game and, and what you think was maybe the problem or what worked well for uh, City? Yeah, I think, I think for me in that game, it was one of those things where it was clear that both teams had context in the game, right? So usually, like last year when we played Chelsea, it was just like, oh, this is another preseason friendly. But I think because of what happened last year, but, and the rivalry that's developing between the two teams, being the two best teams sure. in Europe, maybe, possibly, we're talking about. Uh, okay, well, well I, I mean, debatable, it's a, it's debatable, reach. debatable. Yeah. Well, I'll, say, I'll say this, right? You have the champions uh, of England, you have the champions of, of Europe, and then you have this whole thing where both fan bases want what the other has. Sure. And so when you get to the, the community shield, you can tell the players feel it. So I think for us in the first half, we kind of did what we do. We were able to play through their press. But I think in the second half, Liverpool stepped up that intensity from the standpoint of how physical they get in the press. And I'll say one thing about Liverpool that they show in the community shield, and that'll be an issue for us going forward when we play them, is the physicality they bring to the game. Sure, sure, and sure. usually when we're trying to play our little pretty passing game, get in between the lines and stuff, it works. But in the Premier League, and especially against Liverpool, they like to get close to you, get tight and play physical, and I think uh, that's the biggest thing that I learned from the Community Shield is that that's going to be another problem for us this year as well. Okay, cool. Um, Wale, uh, is there anything you have to say about the game uh, on Sunday? Yeah, uh, yeah. it was it was like a typical Liverpool Man City match where both teams were evenly matched and all that. Uh, I think if Man City had gone with their full first team, um, take Aguero had started and Everybody in midfield was there. Sunny didn't get injured. They probably have won because um, for some weird reason, Klopp was sticking to his midfield selection of Anderson and Wijnaldum, which we all know by now doesn't work. So, yes, Liverpool was a bit lucky and um, Sterling missed a few chances too in the first half. We could have just finished the game. So, I'd honestly say Liverpool was a bit lucky. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was like... Any typical Liverpool City match where both teams were well matched, and it was a nice game. Okay. Cool. At the end of the day, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sounds good. A lot of people are also saying uh, uh, Liverpool didn't have uh, um, Mane playing, and but also a lot of people are saying uh, City were missing a few players, like Aguero, for example. Yeah, I think this is the first of many matchups yeah. this season, so you're gonna see. They're both going to do well domestically as well as in Europe. So I wouldn't actually be surprised if we saw Manchester City and Tottenham last season. This season it might be Manchester City-Liverpool, given how much firepower they both have. So it's the first of many matchups. And I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a matter of taking your picks and wins. Yep. Awesome. Uh, so let's uh, move on to the next question. Um, I'm directing this at you, Wale. Um, what was your favorite unfilled moment supporting uh, Liverpool? So far, uh, last season or since I started supporting Liverpool, in general, actually. Oh, uh, in general, 
Oh, there's so many. Uh, there's there's a three three with AC Milan. Okay. Which, which, I, which you, know, uh, you know, Liverpool this, fan. Where else do you want them to look? Are you are you just saying that because we're Milan fans, or are you saying that because that's genuinely one of your? Really, when when you talk about Liverpool, top three memories for anybody is the three three with AC Milan. There's the four one against Manchester United, which was like 2009. That, that was that was really nice. There's the eight two in Champions League. Uh, there's the was it eight two or eight zero? I'm I'm not very sure. <laughs> was Wait, it the Shiktas or sounds like yeah it yeah it was it was but then it was eight zero. There's the five one against us now. There's the there's a five four against Man City. It's it's livable. Wow. It's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so it sounds like you have many favorites, and uh, I can see where. <laughs> The love yeah, of there's the a four, there's a 4-0 with Barcelona too. So yeah, I mean it's Liverpool. Not gonna lie, that was a very good moment. The 4-0 last season was a very, very awesome moment, I think. Um so I'm gonna turn this mic over to to Art and, and try to defend your 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 club. What was your favorite on-field moment uh so far? Yeah, I mean I feel like everyone is gonna go for the the Aguero goal. Uh obviously that won the league. Yeah. But I'm gonna go a little bit outside the box. Uh this one straight to the heart because it was the goal against Leicester from uh, Vincent Company, man. I thought about that. that. goal, man, because <laughs> I was watching that game at home. I was working from home. I was like, man, uh, this is all over. I can't believe because Leicester, Leicester's a very good team, and they were sitting kind of compact and just letting us play around them. And what makes it great is is the memes that came from it. So, like, how like, they were like, everyone, like, was looking at him as he was dribbling up to shoot. They were like, don't shoot it. Don't shoot it. Pass it. Move it. And then he just hits it top corner. Oh, man. And for that to be his last goal for the team, uh, last home game as well. I mean, I think for me as a Manchester City fan, that has to be one of the greatest moments along with that Aguero moment just because of what he means to the club. Sure. I think that's also maybe close to the Aguero's goal that, that when you look the other time. Because, I mean, if company didn't score that, yeah. um, who knows what would have happened? I don't I don't know if City would have we'll won the league. I, I don't know. And I mean, it was a one-point difference, so they wouldn't have won the league if that yeah. goal hadn't happened. And then shout-out to Nacho. He's a real one for missing oh, that one chance. Oh, <laughs> Nigeria! Hey, once you're a blue, you're always a blue. <laughs> hey, we, we, gave you, we gave you the trophy. Okay. All right, let's, let's move on to the next question. Um, so I'm going to go to you, Wale. Um, so if, yeah? if the transfer market ended today, I mean, how well do, would you say your team did in, in the transfer market this, this summer? Oh, oh. Horrible, and I think Liverpool is going to regret it. Um, How so? If you know Liverpool well, the, it gets to a point, December, November, December, January, where our team just doesn't play really well. Our strikers don't score goals. It happened last year. It happened two years ago. And um, I was expecting club to go for one creative midfielder and one striker, which it didn't. And now Mane and Salah and Firmino played during the break. So I'm guessing by September, October, the players are going to start feeling fatigued and yes, we're going to regret it. But I really hope we can pull through with a lot of 1-0 wins and just straight and keep winning till like February before the players pick up. But I really do think we're going to regret it. Uh, Art, it seems like you had you had something to say. Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, you know, as a Man City fan, I was very surprised Liverpool did not make a signing like a Lorenzo Insigne from uh, Napoli, I think he would just fit in perfectly with with the pace and yeah. they want to get in behind. But I think for Liverpool, 
what really surprised me the most is that they, they didn't get a creative midfielder, as you said, because I think that's the one thing they're missing in their team. Like, you look at that midfield, it's just engine for days, man. You got Henderson, Wijnaldum, you got all those defensive, you know, midfield players, but you're missing that Coutinho, that guy who can unlock the defense. And I think you saw that in games against, like, you know, Crystal Palace and such, where they kind of got bailed out by Salah in those, you know, diving penalties. But <laughs> I think... Like, that's the one thing they need to improve on and, and get into their team. And I think Shakiri added a little bit of that, but he's still more of a forward than actually a creator. True. Sure. So, 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 to actually ask you the same question I asked Wale, um, I, I noticed that uh, I think Cancelo was, his deal was done today. Announced today. How, how, how would you say uh, City did this transfer? Well, I'll say this. Uh, this has been my tagline ever since people started coming at him. I will ride or die with John Stones. That's what oh. Man City's basically saying this year. Wow. Because they're not bringing in a center back so far, right? And so for me, I'm looking at it like, you look at our center back options. There's Laporte, world class, should be in the French team, but that's a whole different story. Then you have John Stones, who, let's be honest here, the, the hype was he's the English PK. And he's been injured, and I still rate him as a center back from the standpoint of I think he's great playing out from the back, but defensively, he's... There's a difference between defenders, I feel like, that are like Virgil van Dijk, who is not his, – his defending is great from a standpoint of, like, he doesn't – it doesn't feel like there's danger. Like, even when he's making a tackle, it's not last ditch. Like, every time John Stones makes a tackle, it's like, oh, man, they almost scored. When Virgil van Dijk does it, you're like, oh, he got it. It's good. <laughs> and so, for me, I feel like that's where Stone needs to add that to his game, where he's doing more preventative than, like, last goal-scoring things. And I think because we didn't add someone replacements in company and that leadership – that's a huge hole. And I think, especially at the back, when Vincent Company was playing all those key games down the stretch, where, you know, Leicester, and then you had the game against Manchester United, where he's playing those big games. And so I think John Stones has got to step up and be healthy and, and be there for the team. But outside of that, I think as long as Leroy Sané stays, I think we oh. had a decent, decent summer. But I highly doubt he's going to stay because okay. I think there's a lot of chatter outside of the club and inside the club that you know he's already basically basically been like hey i'm leaving okay whatever has to happen has to happen between today wednesday and friday right yeah. so he has to make that move i i, I think he's gonna end up staying he might end up living in january but i feel like he will he will stay yeah i don't think the club is gonna actually sell him they may agree to a price but i don't think they'll actually sell him uh in this transfer window but I, I could definitely see January. We can maybe get, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but I think it's like Orzabal from. Uh, Orzabal, okay. Yeah, yeah, who's supposed to be like La Liga. Yeah. a very good player, but I haven't seen him play. I, I haven't seen him either, so. Awesome. Um, so you, you just you alluded to something real quick saying uh, companies left uh, City, and you, I, do you know or you have an idea who the next, you know, person that like company would be in terms of like leadership uh, more so now? Well, I think everyone's looking at David Silva, right? Because he's the guy who's been there, I think, the second longest out, outside of company on the, t on the squad right now. And, but here's David Silva's more of a guy who leads by example. He's more of a guy who's like, deals about his business, very quiet. And so I don't think he necessarily is going to be the guy that take the mantle, per se. Like, they'll give him the title, but I don't think he'll be the real captain of the team. I think okay. you're looking at players like a Sterling or a Kevin DeBorder, the new generation coming through who already proven to be world-class players and that who are more vocal than, I say, David Silva. So I, I think it will either be Kevin De Bruyne or Sterling that will be the leader. And I think Sterling, especially with how he's been able to last season, become like in the forefront of not only you know England, uh, but the national team and Man City, 
Basel and the races in front, I think he's yep. an easy uh, person to put as the club. I was actually thinking Kyle Walker. After the last ditch save in the community, <laughs> and also just the fact that I think he has actually come to terms with the fact that he's not Garrett Bale. <laughs> he, he's a he's a very attacking right back, but he's at the point now where he has taken responsibilities. He did, he's a defender first and foremost, yeah. and I actually can't see him growing in that position, in that back line, and marshalling that defense and becoming a leader. But again, I'm not a Manchester City fan, but I just feel like this might might be his leadership season. I think I think the real question is, will he bench Cancelo? I think that's a question I have yeah. to see to see if like I mean I'm sure Pep will change the. Like he, he could probably play both of them and maybe play Kyle Walker in a in a uh, center back role in terms yeah. of three in the back. Um, but I'll say this: I think if Mendy comes back healthy, right? Uh, that's okay. That's, that's, a that's, that's <laughs> yeah. all right. That's that's a lot to ask for. But if he comes back healthy, or right, maybe Zinchenko, right? Pep has shown that he really wants to play this this back three with the two wide wing backs and then play Aguero, or Sterling, or Jesus as top two strikers. And I think. For him, it adds a new dimension to our team when we have that left back who is actually a left back and not a converted midfielder. And I think with Kyle Walker playing as the center back, like in that three, you can put Fernandinho in the middle and then he can step up into the midfield in possession to add more security with maybe a Rodri there in front of him as well. So I think that is probably the plan if Cancelo comes in in certain games uh, against opponents. But I definitely think Cancelo is going to challenge uh, Walker for his spot. All right, cool, awesome. Um, so, Wale, I'm going to go over to you real quick. Um, so, obviously, last season was a very great season. In the English uh, Premier League, we had two teams hit, hit 90 points. Um, so, my question is, with 97 points and, you know, no league title, what has to change for Liverpool to win this season? Um, funny enough, Liverpool, I doubt Liverpool is going to win this season. Uh, I'm going to be really frank. What we needed to change to win this season was to get additional players. You can't compete with Man City, whose bench is almost, whose bench is going to get into the top four. So it's it's difficult, and the Premier League is really busy during during December. So it's and now Liverpool is in lot in a lot of competitions. When the Champions League, when the league, we're going to be doing Club World Cup. There's a League Cup. There's a FA Cup. So, yeah, it's all we needed to do was increase our score depth, work on it, and get good players. But we failed to do that. So, yes, we are going to regret it. Well, that doesn't sound uh, happy. I thought you were going to get, uh, throw a jab at City and say, yes, we're going to win it. Um, and they were lucky to win it last season. I actually think no, no. in that sense that the, the only thing that needs to change for Liverpool to win the league is for City to mess up. Liverpool, as a club, did exactly what was expected of them. All that happened was it was a historic campaign in Manchester City. It wasn't a centurion season, but it was as close to a centurion season as you could get. So that's where there was that difficulty of Liverpool going that extra mile. They don't need to do better than they did last season. All they need is for City to suck a little bit so that Liverpool can actually come first. Well, I'll say this, with, uh, and I, I guess it's kind of an open-ended question as well. How is Liverpool, with no signings, and then you look at last year, how are they going to deal with injuries if they come apart? Because last year, they were a relatively healthy squad. And that was something when, you know, I was last year when I was, like, hearing the banter between Man City and Liverpool, I was like, Liverpool's been healthy all season. 
Yes. Man City had some key injuries down the stretch when it came to, obviously, we, we didn't have a left back for most of the season. And then you had the fact Kevin DeBorner, the player of the season, when we, won, we got 100 points out last year, now he's back. And so I guess my question to Wale is, like, how, as a Liverpool fan, do you think your squad is going to adjust to injuries to, say, a Virgil van Dijk? Or maybe even a Salah or a Mane? Um, so, um, still boys back, back down to why we should have um, had new players in the team. Our defense for our wing backs, there's no backup. If Robertson gets injured tomorrow, there's really nobody to play. We do what? not have a left back. You don't have Klein. If, no, Klein is my left back. Klein is more of a right back. And Klein didn't even play all season. We had to move Gomez from center back to right back. Ah, I see. So, yeah, yeah, Klein is like third choice or even fourth choice behind some youngsters. Klein hasn't played any game. I, don't, I doubt he played during preseason. Uh, it's it's really not looking good for Liverpool. I hope we're lucky during the season. I really hope we're lucky during the season and we don't get any injuries and we just win. We win dirty. I don't care who dives. I really, at this point, I really don't care who dives. I just want us to win. But, yeah, it doesn't look good. Um if Firmino gets injured, I do not trust Origi. I like Origi. He won us the Champions League, but I don't trust him to play well if Firmino or Mane gets injured. If um, Trent gets injured, I, I don't know. It's it's really not good. And it's really what we should have done. It's why Man City can afford to play with injuries. And, and if Aguero gets injured, Jesus comes in or Pep moves the team around and Sterling picks up the goal scoring. So, yeah, it's uh, it really doesn't look good for Liverpool. I do not know what club was thinking. I honestly have no idea what club was thinking. But then on the plus side, we have Milna. So, yes, if everybody gets injured, Milna can play for everybody, which, which is a good thing. <laughs> Oh, that, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I actually didn't think about this, but yes, I think Liverpool is in a, a little bit of a pickle, uh, but they may be saved if if no one gets injured by January, because obviously we have the January transfer window, and and they they could buy more people then if if they have injury problems. Well, yeah, I don't want to defend a rival here, but I will say this about Klopp, right? I think one thing that makes Klopp such a great manager is that he really trusts his team. Even And Pep does this a little bit as well. Like, he'll he'll back a player even when, like, you're like, all right, come on, Pep, let him go. He's, he's not good enough. And I think what Klopp is looking at the Liverpool squad, he's looking at guys like Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Lallana, uh, those kind of guys who can fill in in multiple positions, right? So I think there was, there was something where Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain played at right back played at like cam and then played at like wing for Arsenal in the community shield over, you know, a certain yeah. amount of years. And I think I look at Alex Oxley Chamberlain and I'm thinking, you know, the year before the year, uh, the year they took us out of the champions league, he had one of the best games against us where he was just all over the field making plays. And uh, he got injured that year and that cost him uh, last year. But I think I, for me, one thing I'm scared about Liverpool this year is if Alex Oxley Chamberlain finds that form again, because he adds something that they really don't have in the midfield. And I think they were trying to get from Navi Keita, which is a guy who can run with the ball at the feet and then kind of get the defense and play those killer passes. Yeah. Like, kind of like uh, Bakayoko. Did for AC Milan. Hey, hey, he, he did, he did, he did. All I was right. going to go more of a, like, Yaya Torre type player, but... <laughs> yeah, so, Ars, right, so we're going to stay with you. <laughs> I was thinking, in City's situation, it's a... The, I would call them a victim of their success. And in that, I would ask you, a 3 P 
or the UCL? What would you pick? That that is really a, a tough thing to answer because I think I want to answer the trolls and be like, I want the UCL title. You know what I'm saying? Because everyone, that's the one thing they hold against Pep. That's the one thing they hold against Man City. Is like you spend all this money, but you can't win the the big trophy, right? But I think we look at the the trouble, right? It hasn't been done since Mr. Sir Alex Ferguson himself, right, with the Manchester United squads. And so I think I honestly would rather us just drop all the the small cup competitions and really go for the double UCL and the Prem. But if I had to choose one, I would say I would say the UCL just because I want Pep to to finally prove the the people wrong. Yes, yeah. yes, that would definitely be interesting because you have Manchester United fans saying City wanted domestic treble. That's what they call it, right? <laughs> so, so you actually won the real deal. You won the Champions League trophy. You want to join a club of exclusive football clubs and be a part of the team. And that also brings me back to you talking about Pep Guardiola and all the naysayers and things that have been said. Is there's something about his legacy? As good as a coach as he is, people keep saying. He's a good coach because of the resources he has available. I feel like in the transfer market this season, there hasn't been as much activity from Manchester City. Do you think if there were a dip in results, in trophies being won, do you think this might define Pep Guardiola's legacy as a, a coach who can only do more with a lot more spending? Yeah, I think the, the spending thing for me is always interesting because, you know, Obviously, we had that one season where we spent $200 million in, the, in the transfer window, and everyone was like, oh, they're definitely going to win the league. But when I look at Pep, I think what's going to define him and his legacy on the career is you know, everyone's going to go back to how much money he spent, right? But I think what's going to define him is his impact on football when it came to that Barcelona team and how even though he spent a lot of money other ways with other teams, he was able to take that system, implement it in different leagues, and get the same result. And I think, for me, the testament at Man City, even if he spent a lot of money, was that the fact that he basically took all of England and was like, you guys don't think I can play you know, this beautiful possession football in England, you know, an away game at Stoke. And he just and he did it when he had the players to do it. And I think that's the one thing that people always hold against him because you know, the whole argument is, oh, well, Jose Mourinho could do it with a Porto team that he was the top you know, earner on that team. But I think... You know, in my de- in my defense of Pep is like you look at that Barcelona team that broke through on the UCL. A lot of those players were players from his youth teams. You know, Xavi, Messi, yeah. Iniesta, yeah. Messi. And then you make the you have the whole argument where it's like, uh, you know, how much is that the player? How much is that the coach? But I think when it comes to defining his legacy, I think it'll always be come down to the style of football. That'll be what he'll remember the most, even with the money. Personally. I see. Yeah, I I honestly think he has defined the way even I watch the game. Because now there's the wing backs, and wing backs are an exciting part of the game now. It just makes it makes it more fun to watch, and it's more dynamic in the way it's played. We definitely will see. Because I feel like, for me personally, I feel like City will still achieve big things this season. But I would I would have a part of me that will say if they don't go on to win the Champions League, or if they fall to Liverpool in the Premier League, it might come down to not getting one or two reinforcements in areas like the left-back position where City might have needed reinforcements. Awesome. All right. So to the final question for both of you, um, I'm going to start with Wale. Um, so you, you've mentioned you, you're scared of the injuries and, and the fact that uh, that club has not bought too many start, uh, backups for, for this season. And also you can see with Tottenham, 
and Arsenal reinforcing their the squad. What do you think realistically is a um, the is a position that Liverpool will end up with at the end of the season for next season? Um, I think that's still top two. I think top two. Um, Arsenal has got players, but yes, Arsenal is Arsenal. Um, Tottenham is <laughs> wow. going to take time, and yes, Tottenham flops at the end of the season, so I'm not scared of mine. You're Chelsea, Lampard. I feel Lampard's going to flop, so yeah, I still think top two. Wow, okay, cool, top two. And uh, for you, Art, uh, I feel like maybe this is probably a slap in your face to ask you this question, but of course. what do you think is a realistic <laughs> position for City next season? Well, I think anything outside of First is going to be a disappointment. Okay. Oh, <laughs> wow. From the, the board standpoint, everything. I, I will say this, right? There's only two teams in the league that really scare me. And that's that's obviously Liverpool, right? But I think if Tottenham can keep Ericsson, and there's rumors they're going to get Dybala, right? If they can do that, you look at that forward line, uh, they're going to be something that is going to have – they're going to be some team that's going to be definitely there at the end of the final months. Um, yes. But honestly – I, the only thing that would concern me is if we get, you know, defensive injuries uh, center back. But outside of that, I think uh, the, the team has gotten a little bit deeper with that addition of Rodri. And I think the only thing that stops us from being first is the Champions League. Yes, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, the, we have to remember that, especially for Liverpool, they're playing in seven competitions. Well, they're vying for seven trophies. Um, one of them, they just lost the Community Shield, but they have to play the FIFA World Club. World Cup club, um, and they have to play the um, the European Super the, Cup, right? The, 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 the Super Cup, the, yes, the Super Cup. Plays the um, and they still have to play in all the league cup, uh, the all the league cups. Yes. Um, so, so Liverpool. I, I, I mean, I still think it's no huge cause of uh, cause for alarm, just because there's a general transfer and, and things could happen then. But uh, I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with Liverpool and City. Um, my personal prediction. I think Liverpool is going to uh, not win. I, don't, I think this is going. I think the English. I think the EPL is owned by by City at this point. Uh, just like like you oh, oh. in Syria. Is there anything you have to say about that, Wally? Uh, no, honestly, it's the truth. Um, City has a very good squad and they have a really good coach. And uh, yeah. Um, like I said earlier, you mentioned Tottenham, but really, if you've watched Tottenham for like the past four or five seasons, they're good, yeah, but they always choke when they get to the end of the line. Um, the, the season Leicester won, uh, sorry, Leicester won the league. Um, it was it was a two-horse race between Leicester and Tottenham, and Tottenham came third. They found a way to come third. I mean, it's incredible. Last season, Tottenham was really close to the top two, and where did they end up? It's it's just Tottenham. That's what they do. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's still going to be Man City, Liverpool fighting for the league. If Liverpool don't have injuries and everyone else would just struggle for third and fourth. All right. So, like I said, I think it's 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 basically the top two league that we have. We have City and we have Liverpool in what order yeah. come 8-2020. We'll find out how that goes, but it's been interesting just hearing the perspective from a Liverpool fan whom I say you're coming from a very a Eurocentric position. You're the champions of Europe, so you have every reason to be calm about the business of winning the Premier League, <laughs> even though you have to, I feel like the, 
the team will want the fans of the club would want more to win the Premier League because it's a slap in the face. Like it's basically what what does Blackburn Rovers have that Liverpool doesn't have? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's one of those things where we'll, we'll see how this campaign ends, and this might be one that will go down the wire, just like last season did. It went down the wire, and also for City, it's I mean, all the options are there on the table. The Premier League and the Champions League. It's gonna come down to who wants it more at the end of the day. And with that, yeah. with that being said, I, I really want to thank you guys for joining us on the show and giving your previews and expectations of the season. And hopefully you you tune in to our next episode and be a part of the show. Yeah. Can you tell them where to find us on uh, on social media? Sure. We're always on the major podcasting platforms. We're on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. And we're also on Google Music. Just search and subscribe for Fourth Official Soccer Podcast. And also we're on Twitter, just tweet at us and just share your opinions. Actually, in, in line of the opinion, I want to ask our fans out there, and this is just to drive the engagement. If you were to assemble a team, a team that will win the championship, who will be the number one player on your roster? You can tweet us, engage us on Twitter at Fourth Official Soccer Podcast. I just want to know, like, from a soccer-loving perspective, who's who do we consider integral? parts of teams that won tournaments and championships all right cool all right i think that's it for today thank you wale for joining us all the way from nigeria and also thank you art for uh spending your your after work with us uh we really appreciate it uh thank you and goodbye thanks a lot guys all right